Good morning. <laughs> My name is Mallory, and I am uh, on the preaching team here at the table. And I have the privilege of proclaiming good news to you this morning in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Y'all, today is Laetare Sunday. Laetare means to rejoice in Latin, so it is rejoicing Sunday. But it's Lent. How scandalous. <laughs> I know. Laetare Sunday is based off of the incepit, or the intro, to the traditional Gregorian chant that is sung to open the Mass on the fourth Sunday of Lent. The incepit says, Rejoice ye with Jerusalem. It is an anticipatory rejoicing. The Episcopal Church writes that the church is called to joyful anticipation of the victory to be won. This joyful theme provides a lightning from the penitential emphasis of Lent. Fun fact, oftentimes the celebrant will wear rose-colored vestments instead of their typical violet vestments to reflect this lightning. So it's also called Rose Sunday. I came prepared. (laughs) The Lenten posture is still here, but we rejoice in anticipation for what happens in 21 days. We are still in a season of acknowledging the pain and the brokenness in the world and in ourselves. But today, friends, let us also rejoice. Beloved, rejoice in the good news that the womb of life holds all peoples. Woman born, you are more than a passing thought to the divine. You are beloved. Come up for air today. Breathe in the love of God. Let us anticipate resurrection joy. Today's scripture selection helps us to see the types of teachings that bring Jesus to the passion. In our community, we are learning more and more every day that Jesus' crucifixion came not just because his words and messages disgruntled a few, but because he spoke out against empire. He made claims that were antithetical to the powerhouse of Rome, and if we look at the historical narrative, we know that revolutionaries get took. These little tidbits of our gospel story reveal Christ's posture towards power, his posture towards inclusion, and his invitation that all are welcome at the table of God. Jesus says, who is my mother? Who are my siblings? And pointing his hand to his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my sibling. For whoever does the will of my Abba in the heavens is my mother and sister and brother. Now we've been us- utilizing the women's lectionary by Dr. Wilda Gaffney, and often she'll insert inclusive language into the text to help us understand the intended purpose and audience of the message. But friends, that's not the case here. Jesus did the including. Now you've heard at a time or two around here that Jesus lived in a patriarchal society. It's true. Uh, Much like our society, which I would consider a patriarchal society, there is diverse thought. The inclusion of women in the family of God is not that radical to the Jewish listener. There were female rabbis in the first century. 
the inclusion of women wouldn't be a threat to the people, it'd be a threat to Rome. Household codes and power dynamics that are working for the empire are being pushed against. It's not women in particular that are the threat, it is the thought of insubordination of the people that puts the target on the back of Christ. It is not this moment in particular that brings Jesus to the passion, but it is a conglomerate of these types of moments. Now, Rome would believe that Jesus is reworking earthly dynamics, and yes, he is. We believe that good news of this inclusion, and we rejoice and live into now on earth as it is in heaven. But Jesus is also casting vision for the realm of God. This is both our present empowerment and our anticipatory hope. Beloved, who is included in the womb of life? You are. And y'all, I have searched for the clauses. I have searched for the disclaimers. Church, there are none. There is no merit, no amount of goodness, no amount of piety that earns you a place as the people of God pull up a seat for him. All are welcome here. Ah, yes, but Mallory, take off those rose-colored glasses. It may be rose Sunday, but look around. Friends, I know it seems that the only bodies that are welcome are the white, cisgendered, heteronormative dudes. I know. The systems of oppression seem to be only gaining power. Yeah, that's why this good news is so good. It is both reworking how we posture ourselves with and on behalf of each other in the present, and it is why we long and anticipate for all to be made right. We join in the Lenten season of telling the truth in reality while anticipating the joy of Christ's victory. This is not a dissociative tactic. This is deliberate love. We long for the place where all belong under the law of love, where there is no fear in love, but where love casts out all fear. Beloved, rejoice in the good news that the womb of life holds all peoples. Woman born, you are more than a passing thought to the divine. You are beloved. Come up for air today. Breathe in the love of God. Let us anticipate resurrection joy. The other day I was uh, in a meeting at Trinity Episcopal Church. You may know it. We were doing this get-to-know-you exercise. And my question was, what makes you worthy of love? (laughs) A little light one uh, to get us started. Uh, I immediately panicked. Uh, I was like, oh my God, I better have a holy answer. Oh my God, I I better get this right. A little existential moment of like, what does make me worthy of love? uh, It was... It was something else. Uh, and then it, I just blurted out pretty aggressively. <laughs> because I am. But it seems like such an audacious claim, doesn't it? It seems arrogant in light of a culture that begs you to earn a place. But this is the good news of our passage 
You are part of the family of God, and those who are part of the family of God need no measuring bar to decide whether they are good enough to be loved by God. Dear sisters, brothers, friends, as we have heard so many of you tell me how difficult the season of Lent has been, I have to wonder, is it because someone told you that Lent is a season of self-hatred? I have to wonder, is it because someone convinced you that Lent is a season of acknowledging that you are unworthy of love, that the divine couldn't bear look at you unless you first acknowledge your own filth? Because Christ calls you mother, sister, brother, you can inhabit Lent with your belovedness intact. You can anticipate joy, hope, and renewal while you lament, confess, and face your brokenness head on. This is spiritual differentiation. Your identity is not on the line when we make it to Lent. Your belovedness is non-negotiable. Lent is not a season of self-groveling. It is not a season of the scarlet letter. This is a season of liberation and freedom, both here today and forthcoming. You stand in your belovedness, with Christ's loving gaze upon you, and he says, Beloved, tell me, where do you need freed? Where does it hurt? Where are you crushed in spirit? What systems of oppression do you rage war on today? Where are you weary? This is confession. This is Lent. The loving hand of God reaching towards you to say, come to me. Come and sit at my table. Come and receive my gifts. Come and be grafted into the family tree. Come. Come up for air today. Breathe in the love of God. Beloved, we've already responded today by receiving absolution and will continue to respond to this good news by receiving the sacraments and praying the prayer of response and just by receiving the good news in community. I want to invite you to be present to yourself and what's churning inside of you. Where do you need spiritual differentiation? To be grounded in your belovedness so that it cannot be shaken when you find yourself in need of repentance. I also want to invite you to anticipate the coming joy. In our tradition, as you've seen, we bury the hallelujahs in our liturgy during Lent. It is a fasting in a sense. We let them lie dormant for the season before the burst of joyful celebration at Easter. Much to y'all's surprise, I will burst into tears at our first communal proclamation. If you're at the liturgical folk concert on Monday, you'll have noticed that when they buried the hallelujahs in their closing song, they hummed them. It's most likely just to keep things, you know, all the pace and pattern and uh, being able to sing along. But y'all, my soul, it ached for someone to like accidentally just slip one in, you know. It's like, just, if you could, children? (laughs) Friend, does your body ache to rejoice? Are you emotionally overwhelmed with the heaviness? Our our active expressions for us to engage in the celebration, the realm of God that is both here and not yet, and of course we long for them. 
And while they are dormant, let them churn in your spirit. Let them bubble up in your soul. Feel their absence. And let yourself long for the fast approaching day where we will exclaim them together at the resurrection. Let yourself get that glimpse of hope on the horizon. Let the anticipatory joy carry you through these final weeks. And let yourself be present to what the Holy Spirit may reveal to you in this practice. Rejoice today that the divine calls you, beloved. Anticipate the coming joy and trust that Lent is not isolation. It is freedom. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.